Hello mamas and welcome to episode 4 of Bump to Mum. I am your host Emma and this week I am bringing you a conversation with Gina Ehrlich. Gina is a mum of four and she has specialised in women's health and infant nutrition. She is the founder of Nourish Nutrition, which is a nutrient-dense baby food and family meal booster range, which was developed by Gina um, after the birth of her first baby. She kind of looked on the market at what baby foods were available and didn't really see anything that hit the mark in terms of nutrients and vitamins um, and having all the goodness. So that is how Nourish was born. The whole space of infant nutrition and what do we feed our children, it can be so overwhelming. I've felt that a lot with my journey with Louis. So it's so nice to speak to someone who is a real expert in the space and just, you know, tell us what we need to do. What do we feed our children? How do we combat fussy eaters? What key vitamins and minerals do our children need? What sort of meals does Gina have on rotation in her household? Um, Also some budget-friendly meal ideas because food is just getting increasingly more expensive. So Gina really shares some great tips in that space and how she really kind of gets through the week, preps, um, cooks for four children, busy schedules, and running a business as well. Gina and I also talk through her motherhood experience, you know, where she's at at the moment, what have been some challenges, what have been her most enjoyable seasons, and as well how she dealt with having a fussy eater in the family and some tips around that. So that's always interesting. We also talk through, you know, looking after our baby's immunity in winter and our our wider family. How can we make sure that we can do everything to avoid coughs and colds, even though it seems somewhat unavoidable at the moment? Um, So yeah, great great just great knowledge this woman has and so stoked that she came on the podcast to share it with all of us um so yes i really hope you enjoy this chat i thoroughly enjoyed speaking to gina learned so much i have included a link in the show notes to where you can purchase the full nourish range i have tried the purees with louis as well as the bone broth and they're just such easy you know quickly grab them when you haven't got anything else prepared sort of products and I think that's what we all need in these busy busy lives that we live so check those out I'm sure you will enjoy them as much as we did there's smoothie booster as well which Gina recommends as her her number one product so a great way to get all the goodness into our little ones so please enjoy this episode if you do rate and review on Apple Podcasts. I would be so grateful and follow along at bumptomum.podcast on Instagram. I love connecting with you all and hearing about what you want to see on the podcast. So without further ado, I'll shut my mouth and I hope you enjoy. Um, So my name's Gina. I am a mum of four and a clinical nutritionist and live in Hawke's Bay in New Zealand. And I started my career in nursing um, over in Western Australia. And yeah, yeah, a little while away. And then um, worked in palliative care as as a new graduate and in community nursing. And then uh, moved to Brisbane and started working in the Mata Mothers Hospital in South Brisbane. And I worked between a maternity ward and a gynae oncology ward. And it was probably during that time working on the gynae oncology ward where I felt a real calling to learn a lot more about preventative medicine. And Mm -hmm. I had a lot of conversations with women around the symptoms that they were being told or what they kind of had leading up to being diagnosed with a gynecological cancer. And it was probably a real light bulb moment for me to really understand that we probably ignore as women 
um, a lot of the symptoms that we get and um, kind of put it on the back burn. So I went and did a Bachelor of Health Science and Nutritional Medicine and then went into my own private practice and specialised in women's health. And a big passion and driver for my work has been around preventative medicine and education and, and working in that natural medicine space. Mm. Um, and particularly in women's health, but then that kind of naturally progressed into infant nutrition as well. As a lot of the families that I was supporting um, had their babies, and then um, we were started chatting around infant nutrition. And I think my journey as a mother, having four kids, um, has probably really shaped my career a little bit as well, in terms of my own experiences and and being a relatable mum to so many others, <laughs> doing the juggle of all the things that we do. Oh my goodness. And how amazing to have like your career is so impressive. And then to, to then have, you know, juggle a family of four children, like that's a lot. And I'm, I'm, I'd love you to maybe share what was the inspiration or, or motivation for starting Nourish Your Business. Yeah, so Nourish is a, it's the first shelf stable baby food to retain its nutrients from whole foods without having to use synthetic vitamins and minerals. And I guess after the birth of my fourth baby, Billy, I I was actually going to take a break. I thought, oh, this is um, fourth trimester. I'm going to get it right this time and actually have some downtime. But she yeah. ended up being a really fabulous sleeper and I got a little bit bored. So I wrote a baby food ebook on starting solids and didn't really realize how well received it would be. And it kind of just flew off the virtual shelves. So I really noticed that there was a real calling for parents looking for information kind of outside mainstream recommendations on how to feed their babies. Um, then started going down a bit of a rabbit hole in terms of commercial baby food as well and realized what was currently on the market really wasn't meeting those nutritional requirements that babies need and thought we can do something better. And in the 16 years that I've been a mum, there really hasn't been a a huge innovative change in the baby food industry. So um, that's where Nourish was kind of inspired and developed from and it's really taken off from there, exceeded my expectations tenfold and the amount of people um, that were really were looking for a convenient product, but that was also really nutritious as well. So it's been a, a beautiful journey, very stressful, lots of learning, um, but um, something that I'm really proud of and, and happy to talk a little bit more about too. Yeah, it's it's so incredible. And I think as well, like in terms of your time with with work at the moment, like is it is it what's the split between like your kind of I, I guess would you call it more clinical work meeting clients and nourish? Is it is it is there one that you kind of spend more time with or is it a bit of a balance? Yeah, I am not seeing clients myself at the moment just because I can't give what I would want to give to clients. Mm -hmm. And I know that if I'm not giving 100%, then I'm not seeing clients. So I've got a fabulous nutritionist that manages all our consultations. Her name's Kirsty, and she's also a registered nurse and a diabetes educator and a clinical nutritionist and is just so fabulous and gets such fabulous results. And the feedback we get from Kirsty is, is amazing too. So I'm quite quite comfortable letting Kirsty take the reins there and supporting our, our clients um, on a one-to-one basis. And then I can 100% focus my career side of things into Nourish and the development and growth of that. Amazing. I've got so many questions for you. Uh, there's, I think it's like you say, it's just in, there's, it's such a big topic in itself, you know, infant nutrition, what should we be feeding our children? Um, maybe if we kind of, 
jump back a bit and what infant nutrition like what are the key vitamins and minerals that we need to ensure our little ones are getting as a starting point and then we can kind of I guess go from there but it'd be great for you to maybe just paint the landscape in terms of what do our babies need and when do we start feeding them food and those sorts of things yeah absolutely um, so babies around six months of age, they start needing more than what they're getting from breast milk or formula. So we know it's around that six-month mark where babies, uh, their iron stores start depleting. So we need to start getting more iron into them than what our formula or breast milk is providing. And when we're looking at starting babies on solids, it's really not a magic number that they reach the six-month mark and we say, right, that's their time to start solids. It's is really looking at your baby and looking at their individual signs that they're showing in terms of their development and being ready to be able to digest solid food as well. So um, some of the key things that we look for is babies being able to sit upright. So when they can sit upright, that means their diaphragm muscles are strong enough to move food through the digestive tract and really important that they've got that strong neck and head control and mainly so they're not going to choke on food. We don't want to see babies that can't hold their head up being given solid foods because it's a huge risk for choking. So mm. um, making sure that they can sit up unassisted in a high chair. Generally, babies start showing interest in food, probably around the four-month mark um, and leading up to that six-month mark. But that's not the standalone sign. A lot of parents think, oh, they're so interested in food, let's start feeding them. But really trying to wait for them to be able to sit up unassisted. Another little thing that you can do is pop a little bit of puree into your baby's mouth and see if they push it back out with their tongue. And if they do, this is what they call the tongue thrust reflex. And it's a, a natural mechanism that we're born with to prevent us from choking, which is really clever. Um, so just testing to see if your baby's lost that tongue thrust reflex and are not pushing their food back out of their mouth is really important before they start um, introducing solids. And when we do start introducing solids, it's going really slowly and it could just be a taste, like a teaspoon every second day or really just slowly building that up and giving their really delicate digestive system the opportunity to start having exposure to different foods and being able to digest solid food as well. Sometimes mm. we get a little bit excited and it's such an exciting milestone to see them eating real food um, and we just want to give them all this nourishment but really going slowly um, is so important. And when we're looking at nutrients, the one that I just previously mentioned is iron. So iron, we build up enough iron stores in utero when we're in our mum's tummy um, and that lasts us till around the same, that, that six-month mark. So it's not just that we start needing to be ready for food and then all of a sudden these stores start to start depleting. It's actually the time that we should start eating. So zinc, oh, sorry, iron is really important. Um, and a six-month-old baby needs more iron than her dad, than an adult male. So wow. with, with that emphasis, knowing that what we're feeding our baby is really important. If you think about how small their portion size is and then you look at what a, a dad's eating, like a little baby's not going to be eating a piece of steak or something like that. So yeah. looking at how we get those nutrients in when their portion sizes are so tiny and really emphasising that every mouthful matters and is really important to get some really nutrient-dense food into them but then also food that they can digest and absorb as well, which is equally as important. 
So along with iron, um, there's also zinc. And a lot of foods that contain iron naturally contain zinc as well. So all our heme iron, which is an animal foods, also contains zinc. And they work really well together in terms of supporting neurological development and, and just general growth and development, development as well. Um, two other nutrients that are really important um, when we're first studying solids is vitamin D and calcium. And these go hand in hand with their absorption as well and, and really support that rapid bone growth and development in their teeth. And when we mm-hmm. think about the development that a little baby's doing, they literally go from rolling to running and then babbling to talking in the space of two years. And that enormous mm-hmm. development is really dependent on nutrients that they're getting from food. So that vitamin D and calcium is going to be really important for supporting that rapid growth of their bones. Mm. Choline's another one that's really um, important and it's something that we see in like egg yolks and, and some animal products as well. But choline's really important for, um, it's important during pregnancy and then also postpartum, but for babies in terms of their brain development. Um, and alongside choline for brain development is also iodine. So mm. um, huge development going on, which we can see in our little ones and, and really highlights the importance of these nutrients. <clears throat> the last one that's probably in that top realm of nutrients is uh, omega-3s. So their fat content is really important and something that we really see lacking in commercial baby food is just um, quite devoid of fats. And when we think about that huge growth in development in terms of rolling to running and babbling to talking that all that Mm. brain development and the amount of fat in our brains um, is really dependent on getting that fat and all those omega-3s through the diet as well so so it sounds quite overwhelming when we talk about (laughs) the importance of these nutrients and getting it in and that's why I really wanted to put it into a succinct kind of ebook where parents could just lean into that kind of education but then also kind of provide products where it kind of takes the overwhelm out of it as well that you can kind of trust that your baby's getting those nutrients as well that they can digest and absorb because it is you like you're saying like it's so important they're getting these you know vitamins and minerals but it's it's you know they don't eat a lot so what would be the best way to ensure they're kind of obviously you've created these beautiful products that have these but like if we just look at like you know what 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 is in our fridge and you know cupboards what sort of foods would be the best first foods for a baby so I'm a big believer in ensuring that your baby's a whole food baby so whole foods with minimal or no no processing in terms of synthetic vitamins and minerals we know that Synthetic vitamins and minerals are really hard for a baby's tiny, immature digestive system to digest, and particularly with um, the likes of rice cereal that has fortified iron in it. What we see through our clinic is babies becoming really constipated and just Mm. not absorbing that iron. So looking at those kind of whole foods, really nutrient-dense foods like your meats, um, liver is gram per gram, one of the most nutrient-dense foods on the planet. So in terms of getting all those essential nutrients in, it almost ticks all those boxes. Um, And then things like wild-caught salmon, grass-fed beef, lamb, um, chicken thighs are also really high in iron. Um, And then any of your other kind of meats and, and things like that. Um, And then pairing those kind of foods with foods that are really high in vitamin C as well. So things like papaya or kiwi fruit, berries, broccoli, 
um, sauerkraut, which is quite high in vitamin C, but also has those probiotics in there too, which helps with iron absorption. Mm. Um, and then kind of your non-heme iron sources, so uh, non-animal iron sources are things like um, black beans or lentils, chickpeas, mm. pulses, quinoa, all those kind of things. Also spirulina, um, kelp, things like that. Also really high in nutrients, but um, just not as bioavailable as some of those meat sources as well. So really when it, it gets overwhelming, my number one rule is just to go to those whole foods that you know babies can digest and absorb. Mm. And in in your experience with your children and in in your work, do you kind of take an approach of finger foods, baby lead weaning, purees? Like what would you suggest? Yeah, so I think every baby's really different and it's just following your baby's lead. I know with my four kids, they've all been so different in terms of how they've liked to eat and what foods they've liked, and and they still are. Um, So really looking at your baby and um, seeing if they prefer to feed themselves. If so, you can give them a loaded spoon with some puree. So you just put the puree puree on the end of the spoon and let them feed themselves. And um, it can get really messy, but you know you're getting lots of nutrients in there as well, or even just slow-cooked meats and, and soft cooked vegetables and things like that babies can feed themselves um or if you, if they prefer to spoon feed then you can make your own purees up or um yeah spoon feed your baby a lot of the times with my kids they were quite a combination so I'd often give mm-hmm. them something to hold and then I would just sneak a couple of spoons in there as well so it kind of gave me the peace of mind that they were getting something in their mouth because it can be really messy with baby lead weaning um, mm-hmm. but then also they were still developing and getting those developmental skills in terms of feeding themselves and being able to pick up food and bring it to their mouth as well so I think at the end of the day, follow your baby's lead. They're really intuitive and they really know how they like to eat (laughs) and um, not to get too overwhelmed with there's no right way or wrong way, but um, our babies always know best. Such a good point as well. And like, I don't have multiple children to compare, but with my son, Louis, I know that he, he likes to be in charge of the spoon. If we're doing a puree, he's you know, he'll do some finger foods, but he definitely, you know, he was never a big fan of me actually like holding the spoon up to his mouth. And he would just, you know, like when you see a a video of someone feeding a baby, he was never like that. He wanted to kind of take control. um, And every now and then he would just take some off the spoon. But um, yeah, definitely very much like to kind of lead the way and, and pick and choose and yeah like you say it was a it's a lot more mess and it's a lot more cleaning up and sometimes I'm not sure how much goes in but you know from that point at the start to now when he is eating so much more and he's like developed those skills it's it's nice to see and it's kind of like you say you just have to follow their lead um in terms of volume so when they're little lovely those first few tastes you just they're learning how to eat and chew and swallow. What would be some indicators that baby's ready to, to start having a bit more food? 
Yeah, I think, again, just following your baby's lead. Yeah. You often see babies, like, leaning forward with their mouth open or you, they get really excited yeah. if they really like the taste of it. Um, and it's so cute to watch. So really following your baby's lead. And as soon as you see any signs that they are losing interest and sometimes they're just too tired or they're rubbing their eyes, they're getting frustrated, it's just time to stop and just leave it for the next day or, or the next time that you're going to feed them. So, again, following your baby's lead and really creating that really nice relaxed environment for them to eat into and trying to get in, catching them at a time where maybe they've just had a sleep and, and they're a little bit more alert and, and engaging rather than when they're just too tired and it's too much and they just want to have a bottle or a breast and go to bed. Um, yeah. I know I've seen – kind of this seems to be some differing advice around you know milk before food up until a certain point of you know a certain age you know some people say up to a year some people say from eight months you can start offering food first is do, do you know what is the guidance there in terms of milk and food in that first year the World Health Organization recommends that breast milk or formula will be the first form of nutrition up to 12 months. And then from 12 months, food kind of takes that space and then mm. food becomes the first form of nutrition. But again, our babies are so different. Some babies will really prefer to eat and some babies really love a breastfeed or a bottle and we can't force them either way. So my advice is to offer a few teaspoons of your solids um, and start introducing some of those essential nutrients that we know they're not getting through breast milk or, or formula, um, but then making sure that those foods aren't replacing their breast milk or formula feeds in that first 12 months as well. And there's a slow transition between food and and milk kind of transitioning from one being the, the first form of nutrition to the other. And it's not just like we hit 12 months or 10 months or whatever that number is for that baby mm -hmm. and they have all of a sudden transitioned. It's just a, a slow gradual kind of around that 10 to 12 month mark where they will start transitioning from one to the other. But ideally from 12 months onwards, food would be the first form of nutrition and, and milk would be supplementing food. Okay. In terms of, because you've talked about the importance of iron, zinc, you know, these these vitamins, minerals that are found quite predominantly in meat, um, what would you suggest if a family is raising their child um, vegetarian or, um, you know, vegan, you know, there's more of that happening now. How did, How would you get those same sort of, I guess, vitamins and minerals in if they're not eating meat? It, it is really difficult, to be honest, yeah. to be able to get that amount of iron and zinc. We know that you can't get B12 from a vegan diet. So um, I would really encourage families who are completely plant-based to work with a nutritionist in terms of getting those nutrients in. And they would have to supplement their baby with B12 to begin with um, because yeah. that's just not available in plant-based foods. Um, but it is quite difficult. And, and whether there's a combination of using some animal products to get these nutrients in or um, the option of using synthetic vitamins as well. So what we've found is with the Nourish products, some of them contain uh, liver and bone broth. And yeah. we've found a quite a few plant-based families are quite open to giving this to their babies, knowing that it's either giving it to them in that form or it's using a synthetic form. So um, 
I think it's just a personal choice for that family and what would suit their beliefs and, and their reason why they're choosing that. But ideally to work with a nutritionist to make sure that they're getting those nutrients in because, as I've said, their portion size is tiny and to be able to get really bioavailable nutrients in, um, it's really quite difficult to do with a predominantly solely plant-based diet. Some signs, I guess, early on that baby isn't getting enough iron from what you're providing them. Yeah, so looking at um, if they're like easy bruising or if they're not sleeping well, if they're kind of getting dark rings under their eyes, all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's probably one of those things that show up later rather than early on too because there is that gradual decline in our iron stores. So it's just a matter of really offering those nutrient-rich foods um, first and foremost and, and trying to get them through the diet in, that early, in those early stages. I know we've talked a lot about kind of babies and those initial, you know, introducing foods. I would love maybe if you shared a little bit of your experience with your children um, in terms of if you had any, like, if any of your children were kind of a little bit more fussy in terms of what they liked and did you have any experience of trying to, you know, getting them to try new foods which they were hesitant to and ensuring they were kind of getting all the beautiful nourishing food that they needed um if you had a a picky if any of your children were picky eaters yeah absolutely I've got one very picky eater um and he's been (laughs) my biggest challenge so I empathize with any parent that's really struggling to get foods into their kids and it's all very well a nutritionist saying oh you need to eat this and this and this but when you've got a picky eater um it can be really difficult and sometimes you just go for whatever works at the end of the day when you're exhausted too um so my five-year-old is quite picky and it's uh, a texture thing for him and and strong flavors he's not a big fan of so um it's been a lot of um I'd love for you to try it but not really pushing too hard we really don't want to create negative aversions around food and and meal times and things like that so um it's definitely a matter of repetition and really lots of exposure to different foods um what I find great is serving kind of a platter style dinner where I can put a range of foods on a platter and they can pick and choose how much they want to eat and what they want to eat and I kind of have a general rule of picking at least one vegetable (laughs) if there's something like that just to really um, keep that minimum offering open to them but making sure that they're having some control over what they're choosing as well and I find these kind of meals are the ones where they eat the most and the most variety as well so really great to let kids get involved in either making the food or dishing up their own plates um Boston, my five-year-old, that's the fussy one, he was a a big motivation around me developing the Smoothie Booster and the Meal Booster, um, which are two of the products in the Nourish range. And the Smoothie Booster is just a a lot of really nutrient-dense foods in terms of like liver and Brazil nuts and quinoa and beetroot and berries and all those really nutrient-dense foods, but also tasting really nice. So I know that I can pop that into his smoothie and he's got a really beautiful dose of iron in there and and all those really bioavailable nutrients, but also the compliance of it as well, knowing that he would eat a drink a smoothie. Um, And then the Meal Booster is kind of the same concept where I can add it to the family meals. And I know that 
at least if they're trying it, they're getting a lot of nutrients in there. But I think the key for fussy eating is um, repetition and lots of exposure to different foods. And we know with babies or even toddlers, it can take 10 to 15 times before they accept a new flavour or Mm. even looking at a new food sometimes the, the thought of or seeing a tomato on a plate can be the end of the world <laughs> but um, yeah. it's just repetition and, and really leading by example and, and family meal times are so important as well if if we can I know families are really busy but to sit down for at least one meal together as a family and really lead by example don't put too much focus on the food itself and just really enjoy the time and, and bonding together but really leading by example in terms of what we eat and in sitting down together as a family oh I think that's so nice as well to kind of have that you know it is so much more than food it's connection it's you know if you've got these busy lives and you've got a big family and or whether you don't or you've just got the you know a few of you it's nice to sit down and kind of share food whether that's you know if dinner time doesn't work could it be a a, at breakfast or you know Mm. trying to fit that in in your day because I know I find it with Louis still being young and he goes to sleep quite early like we're kind of not really ready to eat dinner at that point but I I try to just eat something so he can see me eating while he's eating you know and it's just trying to fit something into your day yeah absolutely and I really love that food is kind of this universal language that brings people together as well food's just this Mm. like when there's a celebration it's there's always food and and just such a beautiful way to bond and the emphasis doesn't have to be on the food that can just be what brings people together but um Mm. it's such a beautiful time for families to be able to connect and and yeah and let them be a part of a family meal time as well so yeah I, I completely agree I would love to know what are some meals or snacks or lunches that your family have in rotation each week you know is there some hot favorites because I feel like that's kind of sometimes the tough you know just like the mental load of being a mother I saw you sh- shared something this, about this on your Instagram the other day and sometimes just even trying to decide what to cook or you know knowing what will be the best thing to eat that day can just seem like the hardest decision to make so if you've got any you know tried and trusted meals I'd love you to share those with us 100% choosing what the family eats for dinner is such a huge mental load um, and choosing something that everyone's gonna like (laughs) so on rotation in our house regularly we often have like healthy Mexican where I'll just cook up some mints and spices and beans and add a few veggies in there and bone broth and stuff like that and either have it with some really healthy nacho chips or um, some corn tortillas and guacamole sour cream cheese it's one of those ones the kids can kind of make themselves as well and so it's quite interactive um and I know that I can make a big batch of it and get a couple of meals out of it too. Um, sometimes I'll make a bolognese kind of mince and then the next day turn it into Mexican so we get two meals out of one. That's um, a good idea. <laughs> yeah, and it's so easy to just add some cumin and some paprika and a little bit of chilli if they like chilli and a can of beans um, and then you've mm. got Mexican. So um, that's one thing that we do often. Often I'll just roast a heap of veggies and even cook up some like healthy sausages, some really crap-free sausages. They're organic mm-hmm. farm books. I have these great little kids' sausages. I think they're called Little Nippers. Um, and that's a really easy dinner for the, the kids to know that they're getting some, some good nutrients in, but then I can kind of just pop it all in the oven as well. Um, mm-hmm. And coming into the cooler months, 
quite often make a big soup or um, a lasagna. The slow cooker is often my best friend if I can pop that on before I go to work and then I know that dinner's done on those days that we're going to be home late. Um, then, yeah, it's just I know that there's dinner made and I don't have to do it when I get yeah. home. It's That's so true because often if you haven't kind of thought about it in advance, like the night before or the morning of, you get home late, nothing's ready, that's when you're probably going to find yourself in strife because everyone's hungry, you're not sure what you're going to cook and it's, you know, it's tempting in those moments just to be like, all right, we'll we'll just get a takeaway, which is so fine, you know, but it's also Mm. expensive and it's not going to be as good for you as something that you have cooked at home. Um, On that topic, though, you know, with food becoming increasingly expensive, what would be some tips for creating nourishing meals without blowing the budget? Because, you know, the importance of meat in our children's diets or, you know, any sort of vitamin and mineral are making sure we're getting those whole foods, but they are just getting more and more expensive. They really are. And it's so difficult at the moment. And I was walking around the supermarket the other day and I just thought, wow, we have really moved away from whole foods. Like predominantly mm-hmm. the supermarket's made up of processed food and there's such a small section of fresh produce it's quite sad the way that our food industry has um, really moved away from whole foods so for me I tend to bulk out meals with a can of lentils or beans Um, I know that it adds lots of fiber and some carbohydrates and just lots of um, vitamins and minerals in there too so definitely um a way to like bulk out a bolognese or a a pasta dish or something like that is adding a can of lentils or beans. Um, And then even frozen veggies, when they're on special, I often buy a few bags of frozen veggies. And we know that when veggies are snapped frozen, um, they retain those nutrients as well. So really handy way when things are quite expensive in the the fresh produce section of the supermarket um, to know that sometimes those freezer options are really great. And you know that it's not going off in the fridge as well so you can pop it Mm. pull it out of the freezer um and then I think just looking at some of the great pastas and things that we've got available to us as well some of like the lentil pasta and the pulse pasta are a really great way to bulk out family meals but also keeping them really nourishing Mm. um trying to think what else we do I often make like a chia seed pudding and add that kind of thing to um smoothies or Um, It's kind of like a dessert option or mixing it into some porridge in the morning. Oats are a really great base for muffins and biscuits and things like that and porridge. Um, And they're not too expensive as well. So um, definitely, yeah, some of those really good nutrients and um, ingredients in terms of like beans and lentils and oats and some of the pulse pastas and things that we've got available are really great ways to really bulk out a family meal and and get a lot more than just solely like some of the meats and things like that are quite expensive when you're just predominantly having that as a meal and I mean we don't want to overdo meat as well really ensuring that we we do have a good range of um, fruits and vegetables and beans and lentils and things like that too. Yeah it's it's such a good point actually and it's just like you say it's I've seen like those pulse pastas I get them quite a lot because again it's just you know, getting so much more and then just, you know, a grain or, or flour, you know, to have lentils. Mm-hmm. As we head into these cooler months, um, as you mentioned before, I would love to know if you've got some tips for some supporting kids' immunity this winter because 
I think already there seems to be so many bugs around sniffy noses. So if you've got any tips to kind of prevent getting sick, if it's possible, I'd love to know. Yeah, yeah. And I think it's kind of part and parcel of developing an immune system too. Kids are going to get sick and they're going to get runny noses and things, but we just want to reduce the severity and the longevity of them really for everybody's sake. So again, just ensuring kind of that whole foods diet, really leaning into really bright, colorful fruits and vegetables, um, making sure that there's protein and those healthy fats, um, whether it's through nuts and seeds or olive oils, coconut, all those kind of things are really beneficial in terms of building those nutrient reserves. Um, vitamin D is really important for um, the immune system and we can get that through sun exposure so safe sun exposure 10 minutes a day um, is a great way to really build those vitamin d stores we know that vitamin d works hand in hand with vitamin a so supplementing with cod liver oil is a really great way in supporting the immune system um, and cod liver oils one of those things that you can easily disguise into a smoothie or um, mm. some chia seed pudding or something like that but in terms of getting that vitamin a vitamin d and all those omega-3s um, it's a really great little supplement to pop into your kids food um, mm. probiotics are also fabulous for supporting the immune system we know that 70 percent of the immune system is housed in the gut and um, trying to have some exposure to some fermented foods so whether it's sauerkraut or um, a fermented drink um, is really great it can sometimes be a little bit tricky getting these kinds of foods into kids if they haven't had them before. Um, so we often prescribe probiotics um, and specific strains that support the immune system through, uh, we run some mini immune consultations for children and for adults as well, but lots for children where we can prescribe um, probiotics, which literally don't taste like anything and they literally just dissolve into a smoothie um, or of some yogurt or something like that um, and a great way to build that gut muscle microbiome um we know the gut microbiome is just the epicenter of our health really um in terms of our mood and our behavior and our immune system um so really great way to kind of support the immune system and the gut function as well bone broth is also really great for supporting the gut in terms of um the gap junctions in the gut so making sure they're really nice and tight and um I'll just backpedal a little bit so I can explain the gut. The gut, mm. when we're born, we're born with a bit of a leaky gut so that all the immunoglobulins and all those um, high nutrients from breast milk pass directly into the bloodstream and we it really easily and readily absorbed for babies. Mm. And as they start introducing solids, the gap junctions in the gut start to close up and become tight so food particles can't pass through. And we really want to make sure that these gap junctions are nice and tight so that food particles aren't passing through and things like eczema and allergies and asthma aren't presenting. So bone broth is really great in terms of supporting that gut barrier function um, and ensuring that we're not kind of don't have that leaky gut situation and in terms of um, eczema and asthma and allergies and things like that it's really important so if you're a fan of making bone broth at home that's fabulous you can boil up some um, chicken carcasses or some bone carcasses and make a really beautiful soup out of it um, and for those that aren't that keen on building or um, boiling bones and making bone broth we've got a just a 100% bone broth powder that you can add into your family meals as well um, which is just a really convenient way of getting all those amino acids that support that gut, gut lining um, into mm -hmm. food as well so 
they're kind of my go-tos in terms yeah. of food as medicine for the immune system. So good. And I actually bought the bone broth um, when Louis started solids because I was like, oh, I'm not sure about making it myself. And I know how good it is to have and so good for him and good for us. So bought it and then, you know, we, we've been loving it. And I actually, we had like a, a hot chicken or like had a roast chicken the other day and I was like you know what I'm just going to be I'm just going to give it a go and I'm going to make it and it was actually so fine and it turned out really well so it's good to know like you know I think I just had a bit of a mental block around it but um yeah 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 it's actually and really it's nice so- and I just enjoy drinking it now which is I don't know if that's a bit yeah. gross or <laughs> no it's great it's so good for you and it's so good to be able to use the whole animal. Like if you are having a roast chicken and then you can get all those nutrients out of the bone as well, then that's that's so fabulous. Exactly. And it's like getting bang for your buck, isn't it, as well? It's like goes back exactly. to food's expensive. Try to try to get as much as you can. And is that um, talking about the leaky gut? You know, I see lots of like the little gummies that people make for babies. Um, is mm. that kind of doing a similar sort of thing? Yeah, so the gelatin from the gummies um, has amino acids that support those gap junctions and that gut lining as mm. well, and also a, just a really great source of protein. Mm. Yeah. And actually kind of just fun to eat for adults as well. I made some for Louie and then I just found myself eating them because they were quite, quite enjoyable. Yeah, my kids love them. I don't even put them into cute little molds anymore because I find it so fiddly. I just put it into like a Pyrex dish and cut it into squares because I know how quickly they eat them. And so I'm just making them so so quickly. But, um, yeah, great way to get some nutrients into kids. And you can, like, hide some things in those kind of, like, your probiotics and your cod liver oil and things like that too in those kind of um, recipes. I've, I've... I follow your account on Instagram. I follow Nourish and I've noticed that you've come, you seem so calm and present. And then to find out, you know, you've, you've got four children, you're running two businesses. I would love if you've got any tips on how you kind of be present, how you juggle motherhood and work and life and all those demands. Um, I guess it's like you, you know, the mental load, like have you got, what's your way of, just coping and, and dealing with all of that. Yeah, I think probably Instagram gives us a beautiful little snapshot of um, a small percentage of our life and not the reality. I definitely feel the stress <laughs> and the pressures that everybody else feels as well. <laughs> so um, don't be fooled that um, I don't feel those kind of pressures um, and definitely not always calm and, and centered and together either um but I think for me I really have to prioritize carving out some things that help me feel grounded so whether it's no screens when I wake in the morning or um sorry someone just knocked on my door (laughs) um or it's going and prioritizing a Pilates class or and and not feeling guilty about it as well I think as mothers we can Mm -hmm. feel like if we're doing something for ourselves it can make us feel a little bit guilty um but yeah really prioritizing those those small moments and I think for me meditation has been a real game changer as well it's just one of those things that it can take me 20 minutes and it's like um just a huge boost of um kind of energy and and grounding and and feeling making me feel a bit put back together um 
but I think we all just need to find what works for us as well. Sometimes there can be a noisy space in terms of feeling like we need to meditate or we need to do all these health things to keep up or to feel grounded and connected. But I think in reality, everyone's treading water a little bit and um, just find what works for, for us as well. On that note, it's been something I've seen a lot of and I've, I've listened to other podcasts and I'd, I'd love to get your perspective on it as the post you know, postpartum depletion, it's becoming kind of like, you know, you've got your postpartum depression, anxiety and depletion is kind of the the next one that they're talking about. As a, you know, as someone that has worked with women and helped women with their health, is that something you've seen a lot in your work? Have you seen much of that in your work? And what can we do as, you know, mothers, as parents to look after ourselves when we are kind of, prioritizing our children and you know trying to 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 do it all I guess yeah we definitely see this in our clinic um daily um and I guess when we're pregnant mother nature prioritizes our developing baby and baby will take what it needs for growth and development and um mothers are often left depleted if they're not getting those nutrients throughout their pregnancy so Really prioritizing preconception care is so important. If you're planning on having a baby, then like you would planning a wedding, invest into your health. <laughs> like mm. you would put that time and money into planning anything and really invest into your health leading up to pregnancy. We know that 40% of women enter pregnancy depleted in iron and it's so hard to catch up once you're pregnant. And iron is just one of those nutrients that is your baby's brain development is dependent on, but then also knowing how our blood volume increases. Um, it's such an important nutrient for us to have prior to falling pregnant. And that's just one. There's so many nutrients that we need throughout pregnancy um, at a much higher level than not pregnant. So really prioritizing preconception care, starting a, a really good prenatal multivitamin or working with a nutritionist in terms of building those nutrient reserves prior to pregnancy and then maintaining those nutrients throughout pregnancy as well. Quite often we see women on the tail end that are just completely burnt out and they're either presenting with um, postnatal depletion or their thyroid function's not working or they're incredibly low in iron and they're wondering why they can't think straight and string a sentence together. Like There's just so many uh, different avenues in terms of where women aren't being nourished, and I think a lot to do with our modern day society as well. Women just really bouncing back into careers really quickly. And I can see I did that myself. And I think, wow, Jenny, you really should have just taken some time out. But really prioritizing that rest after having a baby, which so many other cultures um, do. And I wish we would see that a little bit more in our Western culture as well. Mm. It's hindsight, isn't it? Like I know, like you think back and you think, oh, I wish I'd just slowed down and I wish I didn't rush back. But it's the beauty of hindsight and knowing that now, but in the moment, like you said, you had a baby that was sleeping well, so you felt ready to kind of start working and we like being busy and it's hard to just kind of be still, I think. We get so used to go, go, go. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to know with your Nourish range, is there like a, a, a product that you your, like your favorite product or your number one seller that is if someone was to pick you know something to try in the range that you'd recommend they start with 
Yeah, our smoothie booster is definitely our most popular product. It won mm -hmm. the children's health category for the Best of Natural Awards with Health Post and Good Magazine. So um, mm -hmm. it's a really compliant way of getting nutrients into kids. It tastes really yummy and great way to kind of sneak all those nutrients in. Um, so that would probably be our most popular product and can be given from once babies have been introduced to there there is collagen in there and Brazil nuts. So once babies are, have had some exposure to those allergens, then it can be given from any age. Um, but really easy way to either just mix it into yogurt or mix it into a chia seed pudding or pop it into a smoothie mm -hmm. um, and kids just gobble it up. So that's definitely our most popular product. Um, and then with the baby purees, um, they're all much for much in terms of how popular one skewers over the others. They're all um, quite get the same amount of attention, really. Mm. I've actually tried. Louise had the the green one and the purple one. I can't remember the flavors of them now. Um, and it's funny how in my mind I was like, oh, he's going to like the the berry one, the the sweet one. Well, not I don't know if it was sweeter, but that one more. Um, but he actually really kind of went a hundred percent on the green one. That was his clear favorite. So it just goes to show to put your like I guess your own thoughts to the side when offering your baby's food as well. You just never know what they're gonna like. They surprise you. That's a really good point. And often we feed our babies things that we like, and like mums would be really mm. hesitant to offer things like. I don't know, sardines or olives or like those really pungent, quite strong tasting foods. But when we're introducing solids, we really want to make sure we're offering lots of flavor as well. And I think that's something that commercial baby food is really missing in terms of it being quite bland and um, tasteless. That, But when we're really introducing all these different flavors, it really expands our baby's palate to not be as fussy as well, which is really mm. important in those early stages when you're introducing new foods. Don't be too worried about the flavors and the textures and things like that. Um, the more flavor, the better. I actually, funny you mentioned sardines because I did give Louis sardines the other day and in my mind I was just like, oh, you know, not something I eat, not, you know, just not something I'd be like, hmm, going to have sardines today, but um, <laughs> kind of put my thoughts to the side and gave him one and I just literally gave it to him, you know, to have and play and hold and he enjoyed it. I mean, I wouldn't say he was mad on it, but there was no like, face pulling and he just ate it like any other piece of food and great way to like it was the easiest prep because there was literally none and I just handed oh, it so good. yeah and it's all of that vitamin d and calcium and omega-3s like it's such a nutrient-dense food but I'm the same I'm not a real big sardine lover and oh. I often find when I'm giving the kids things that I don't like my face is like pulling I'm just pulling one of those faces and my husband <laughs> yeah. often pulls me off and he's like Gina like it looks like you're feeding them something revolting. <laughs> like, we really have to put our own things aside. Oh, so true. This, you know, I've loved learning more about infant nutrition. It is just such a huge topic. But I would love to kind of just digress a little bit and just kind of hear from you where you are at in your motherhood journey today. Um, you mentioned you've got, you know, four children. I'd love to know what's something you're really enjoying about this stage you're in and maybe what's something that's been a bit more of a challenge. Yeah, I think we're in a really busy phase at the moment and I have to remember that this is just a phase. Um, I think full spectrum from toddler to teenager definitely has its pros and cons and 
um, love every stage that the kids are at. I think it's every stage is just so beautiful and it's so nice to see your kids grow up into teenagers and become a little bit more independent as well. And I think all that hard work you did through those toddler years um, really pays off when you see them becoming young adults. So um, it's really beautiful, but it's also challenging because I think one aspect I'm driving home from basketball at 9.30 at night and then I'm up with a toddler at 5.30 in the morning. So it's definitely a really busy phase. But um, I don't want to wish it away as well. I think so many uh, parents that are a little bit older than me say it just goes so quickly and you really miss those younger years and and standing on the side of the football field on a Saturday morning and all of a sudden when it becomes quiet, you miss it. So I'm really conscious of knowing that we're in a busy phase and not wishing it away, but um, trying to really enjoy those small moments as well. And for children, what was the biggest adjustment for you? Do you think it was the first or was it one to two, two to three, three to four? What did you find in your experience? Um, They've kind of all just fitted in. And I think I wouldn't say the fourth one was a huge change at all. Billy was just a really cruisy baby and still is such an easygoing kid that she really just fitted in. I think um, the one that didn't sleep, Austin, is probably the biggest challenge. He was our third. Um, So, um, yeah, that was probably the the most challenging time is when you're really sleep deprived. Um, It's it's like torture, um, which was really hard to then keep up with all the other kids as well. So probably the third one was the biggest adjustment. Yeah. What is something you wished you knew about babies becoming a mother that you didn't know that you think, oh, if only I'd known that earlier on or I'd love someone who's about to kind of become a mother, I'd love them to know this. Is there any kind of advice or anything like that that you would love to share? I think if I would look back to my younger self when I had my first newborn um, and just looking back and thinking like there was just a lot of noise, lots of people like to give you advice and how you're doing things. But I would just say to my younger self that we had this strong intuition as mothers and that we should really lean into it and trust it and really really understand that you're doing a fantastic job as well I think mums can be really hard on ourselves that we're not doing things right but we're all doing the best we can with what we know and I think that's just so important for every mum to know that um, we have this beautiful intuition as mothers but then there's also the element of feeling like we're not doing enough so um, every mum should know that she's doing an amazing job and, and, and doing the best she can with what she's got and what she knows such good advice because there's just so much noise out there isn't that it's like we spoke about instagram before and it's not you know it's a snapshot of a a particular moment of time and it's not a true representation but we so live our lives online now and it's you forget Mm. that sometimes and you think oh that person's doing this i should be doing that and um it's very easy to get caught up in it and i know like as as a first time mom i've definitely had moments of getting caught up and just having to actually get off my phone because as soon as you look at one thing they start pushing things to you that are kind of aligned to that as well so um yeah i think really really nice advice um if someone was wanting to purchase the nourish products or get in touch for you know some kind of more one-to-one support what would be the best way to reach out to you or to work with you So both on Instagram, uh, Nourish Nutrition, it's N-O-R-I-S-H, 
um, or Gina Ehrlich, which is my Instagram page, or both websites as well, um, nourish.co.nz or ginaerlich.co.nz. And we would love to to have you as a little Nourish family and also to be able to support you one-on-one. Yeah. And, I mean, I've had some of the products with Louie and we've been just loving them. Um, so uh, everything about them is just you know, simple ingredients, really easy to prepare, like no prep really. Um, so would recommend to anyone else out there that's looking for something like that to boost their meals. I would just like to say a big thank you for coming on and sharing your wisdom with us. I, You know, there's so much more that I could ask and there's so much more that we'll probably want to know moving forward, but it's just nice to even kind of get some guidance guidance in what can be a very overwhelming um, space as a parent. So thank you so much, Gina. Oh, it's my pleasure. Thank you so much for having me.